0: Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome to the Christmas Movie Countdown here at Allentown Presents. I'm your host, Katie, and I am joined by Emma. What's up? And we will be reviewing a new Christmas movie every night from December 1st to Christmas. So sit back and enjoy episode 23, Spirited. Y'all, two more days. If you have not bought your gifts, you done messed up. Yeah, today's really the last day before everyone just, like, hates you. So (laughs) get it together so if you have not seen anything about spirited i don't know how you've avoided it because they have been promoting this for ages yeah you've probably seen the tiktok where ryan reynolds sings the mika song grace kelly Mm -hmm. and then will ferrell comes in and they're dressed in like old-timey clothes yeah that was taken on the set of this film Which stars Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell, also starring Octavia Spencer, Sunita Mani, Patrick Page, Marlo Barkley, and Tracy Morgan. Hell yeah. Now, watching the previews for this film, you're not going to understand what it's about (laughs) at all because it just looks like a fun Christmas movie. But this is yet another take on the Charles Dickens novella, A Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. This is one of the funniest versions of A Christmas Carol that I have ever seen. So you should watch it. (laughs) Oh, yes. Emma, what did you think about Spirited? I loved this. I mean, we've
1: established over the last... This is the fourth Christmas movie countdown that we've done. We've established over the last four of these just how much i love the story a christmas carol and everything that it is all the different adaptations i mean there's a horror mini series there's cartoons there's the standard issue scrooged with bill murray this is possibly the most inventive way to do a christmas carol like we just reviewed scrooge Mm -hmm. the new netflix musical and that was so cute and so adorable and this one was just hilarious it was so good the music was great i would legitimately pay whatever broadway asked if this actually was an on stage live show
0: mm-hmm.
1: like honestly if they did that i would pay money for them to cast hugh jackman in ryan reynolds place or in will ferrell's place because that would be very funny just to have a Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman moment, but... Oh, but you got to have Will Ferrell, though. Oh, Oh, I know. He's so good. I know. I would almost put Will Ferrell as uh, Jacob Marley, though, if we were going to do that Hugh Jackman thing. But no, it just,
0: it was so good. I agree. It had you with it the whole time. Oh, yeah. So the music for this movie... Was composed and taken care of by Pasick and Paul. And if you somehow don't know who Passick and Paul is, they wrote Dear Evan Hansen. Mm-hmm. They also wrote The Greatest Showman. Yup. And you can definitely tell that this movie took a lot a lot, a lot, a lot from Broadway. Very much. The Broadway in this show is undeniable and if you hate Broadway stuff, you know, that might be a detriment to you, but yeah, we don't do that here, so <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely loved it. Yes. <laughs> I love Will Ferrell. Nearly everything he does is absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. I love Ryan Reynolds. Again, nearly everything he does is absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. The two of them together was just fantastic. Them playing off of each other. There's a point where they get mad at each other and they're just shit talking each other. And it is fantastic. I never knew I needed that. It's so good. Uh-huh. So like I said already, this is a version of the Scrooge tale of A Christmas Carol. Um, but this version is updated we are in modern times. It is 2022, and it's definitely a different look at it. This is a completely different lens from any of the versions of Scrooge that we've seen before. Mm hmm. So for nearly two centuries, Jacob Marley and the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and yet to come have been leading a team of spirits in helping find and redeem one human soul every Christmas. They call it a perp. (laughs) Christmas present has been eligible for retirement for decades, but refuses to do so despite being tempted by the promise of settling down and making up for his own failures in his past life. And Christmas Present is played by Will Ferrell. At the beginning of the movie, they finish redeeming someone. They're like at the end of this person's redeeming and the person gets redeemed. And then just like every other Christmas movie, the second that Santa's workshop is finished with Christmas, Everybody cheers, and then they start into the next year, right? Yep. We're going to go straight into it. We don't have time to stop. And what we find out about this system is that they spend all year researching and developing the backgrounds and the looks into the past and looks into the future. This is a really cool behind-the-scenes, if you will, version of of the Scrooge's ghosts. Yeah. Basically. It's not so much about Scrooge and, well, I mean, it is, but it's really about the ghosts and how they get it done redeeming someone every year. Mm -hmm. After the most current redemption, the ghost of Christmas present or Will Ferrell kind of laments about it he's excited about it but also he's not sure if he's really making a difference by changing the person that they change every year yeah and he tries to come up with a way that they could be making a more positive change in the world so he is searching and searching and searching through all these different files of people who need to be redeemed and he finds this person named clint briggs who is a renowned controversial media consultant and he has been dubbed by the files unredeemable and the ghost of christmas present is like this is the one if we redeem him he will make a positive change on the future of humanity as a whole Mm -hmm. you know we can't just keep doing what we've been doing and jacob marley who is the boss is like nah, dude, no, 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 no. This is a horrible plan. We can't do that. And we find out through song after Will Ferrell has mostly gotten him to accept that we will be doing this unredeemable Clint Briggs that the ghost of Christmas present is actually Ebenezer Scrooge. (laughs) Will Ferrell is Ebenezer Scrooge. So once upon a time, He was unredeemable, and he's the only unredeemable that this office has ever dealt with and ever been able to change and make redeemed. Mm -hmm. So he is in this conflict with himself about whether or not he's been truly redeemed, if anyone who is unredeemable can ever really be fully redeemed, because he's not sure that it can happen since he's the only one. He needs to see someone else who is unredeemable be redeemed. Eventually, he ends up convincing Marley and the regular Scrooge story starts with Clint Briggs. Before we get any farther into this, I would like to let everyone know slash remind everyone this is Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. This is not (laughs) not for kids. Scrooge for kids. (laughs) This is a Scrooge story for adults. Okay, like 100 percent. There is cussing. There is innuendos and different things. Like, this is not meant for children. They'll probably like it, yeah. but there are things, like, you probably don't need your kids to, like, talk about. Especially if they're little things you just don't want to explain. Like, oh, why did they go over there? Just don't worry about it, kid. It's Christmas Deadpool. Don't worry about it, kid. Yeah, it's kind kind of. It's not as extreme it's as Deadpool. It's not that bad. <laughs> not as bad as Deadpool, but it is a little intense. <laughs> So the ghosts, they spend their year researching on Clint and then it's Christmas time again and we are ready for the annual haunt. As they are getting towards Christmas, all of the ghosts visit Clint's headquarters and they witness him instructing his niece, Wren, who is running for class president, to tank her grades and post an unflattering video of Joshua, which is a kid that is running against her for class president. Clint's assistant Kimberly, played by Octavia Spencer, discovered a video of Joshua, because Clint told her to, that is going to make him look like shit, basically. His parents make him volunteer at a homeless shelter every year, and a couple of years ago when he was in sixth grade, he took a video that he posted to Instagram where he basically said, when your parents make you serve the homeless on Christmas Eve and made like a puking sound and he posted it and then deleted it. But the internet is forever, kids. So she was able to find it relatively quickly and was able to hand that ammunition over to Wren so that she could post the video whenever it was time. Now, while they are learning about Clint, The ghosts are following this whole scenario in the office. No one can see them. They're just kind of getting the lay of the land and kind of learning who he is. But while this is all happening, Ghost of Christmas Present follows Kimberly to her office so that he can see what dirt she has found, what she's doing, how she is helping the situation. And we see her lament about how she is not happy in this position She's lost her humanity and is forced to do all these things that she would never normally do. And when she is done singing the song after she's found this video, she comes out of her office and she's face to face with the ghost of Christmas present. Like she can see him and he's confused. She's like, hey, what's up, dude? Like they just kind of talk and hit it off for a minute. But the other ghosts who have now come over to the ghost of Christmas present are like, wait, why can she see you? How come she can't see us? What's going on? Like no one can understand what the fuck is happening at this moment. But for some reason, Kimberly can see Will Ferrell. So this, like every other Scrooge story, takes place on Christmas Eve where Jacob Marley pops up while you're sleeping and scares the living shit out of you and tells you you're going to be joined by three different spirits. And they will show you the error of your ways, basically. Now, in this world that Clint lives in, he is very, very familiar with the Dickens tale. He lives in our world. This is regular, real-world things. He knows exactly what's supposed to happen and who all these people are. And he's very aware. So when Marley shows up and is talking to him, he's not really frightened. He's not freaked out. He's not overwhelmed. He's just like, this is fucking weird, bro. And he keeps interrupting Marley as he's talking to him. I love Marley's reaction right there,
1: though, when he's like, oh, my God, just say it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Marley gets so pissed during his introductory song explaining the story because he keeps getting interrupted. He's like, fuck it. Your turn. Past. Go. And Past ends up coming to Clint and immediately like sparks are flying and she takes him to his childhood house and they're like in his childhood room looking around and then all of a sudden... Past is back at the headquarters of Jacob Marley and the spirits. And she's telling Christmas present, you got to take over. Like one thing led to another and (laughs) we we fooled around. You know, it's been years and years and years since anyone's touched me. Like mama had to get some basically. (laughs) She straight up said he's
1: going to be a stage four clinger. You got to take care of this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So. He interrupted Jacob Marley, then he seduced the ghost of Christmas past, and now present is forced to take over and take care of the past and the present. So Will Ferrell shows up and... Clint is super dismissive and resistant of seeing his past memories. It's very similar to Scrooge, but worse. Imagine being jaded an extra 200 years like Scrooge, except in a digital age. Like you wouldn't believe any of the things that are happening to you. And Clint doesn't at all. He thinks this is a dream. He doesn't give a fuck. He's like, whatever, this is stupid. And while in the past, Christmas present shows him his ex-girlfriend, Nora, who broke up with him over his selfishness and also his older sister, Carrie. His ex-girlfriend breaks up with him because his sister decides that she is going to become a mom. No husband needed. She's just going to go to a sperm bank and take care of it, but she really wants to be a mom. And his reaction was super douchey. Mm -hmm. And His girlfriend, Nora, is like, you know what? I am a fool for thinking I could change you. I'm out. Bye. So Nora's gone. And then we jump forward a bit, maybe eight years-ish. And now Carrie is in the hospital. And we see that Carrie is dying. Like, some shit is serious. And we see her daughter by her bedside. And then she sends her daughter out to go get snacks. And then Clint just can't handle it anymore. He says, nope, I got to go. I don't want to see this. Got to go by. In this moment, Christmas present realizes that Clint's case is going to take a very unconventional approach. It's got to be very different from what they have done any other time before, because he's going to be a much harder egg to crack. And Clint has also started asking questions about the ghost of Christmas presents past. He's like, well... How did you get redeemed? What did you do? How did you get this job? Answer me questions. Why should I trust you in this whole thing when I know nothing about you? So reluctantly, the ghost shares some things about him. He lets Clint ask a few questions. And after realizing that Clint is going to be very hard to deal with, he decides to show him his past. In this moment, he reveals to Clint that he was once Ebenezer Scrooge, the only other unredeemable soul to go through the entire program. And they have this song called Good Afternoon because... The phrase good afternoon basically meant fuck you in the 1800s apparently (laughs) and it is this whole song and dance to good afternoon and people are just getting upset because they're basically yelling fuck you to each other and it is so funny.
1: I will never be able to say good afternoon the same again without like giggling internally.
0: Yeah it is fucking funny. So they're in his past. They sing this Good Afternoon song. And this takes a while to happen. But the Good Afternoon thing, when they finally get Will Ferrell to say it, it's like he's cracked again and he's going in the wrong direction. Ebenezer Scrooge is going back to being bad. Yeah. Except, you know, it's not awful. Like he's only saying Good Afternoon. But at the time, it is bad. Marley pops up in this past and is super pissed he orders present to stick to the script so that they can finish clint's redemption will ferrell realizes he fucked up and he's like okay well gotta change all that gotta go back to you know what we normally do so christmas present brings clint to his ex-girlfriend nora who is now happily celebrating christmas with her husband and kids but clint figures out that this is not what he wants. Like this isn't going to make him feel anything because this is not what he wants. But this is what Christmas present wants. And when he says that the whole scene changes and now it's Kimberly, Clint's next in command and Christmas present with their kids. Christmas present dismisses this Mm -hmm. and is like, this is not about me. Like ignore all this. Ignore everything that I showed you from the past. Don't think about my future. Don't think about me We're trying to fix you, bro, not me, you. And eventually goes to the actual present and shows Ren posting the video of her classmate who said those mean things about the homeless people from an ice skating rink. Right after he sees this happen, it's like, oh, shit, she posted it. That's really different. I didn't expect her to do that because she's such a good kid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in this moment, Christmas present's like, okay, now's the moment. Call up this scene. And they go back to his sister's hospital bed. And we find out that her dying wish was that Clint raise her daughter, Wren. But Clint turns her down and passes the responsibility onto their younger brother, Owen. And in a just super cute, ridiculous moment, when Owen pops in, he gets asked about taking care of Ren, and he's like, yeah, of course. I get to be Uncle Owen like Star Wars Uncle Owen. Absolutely. That was such
1: a moment to have a Carrie ask an Owen to be an Uncle Owen. Yeah, that was
0: cute. I was like... <laughs> so now that Clint has sat through this moment that like really tore through him and made him feel feelings, Will Farrell prepares to leave Clint and warns him about yet to come. He's like, he's very menacing. He doesn't talk a lot. He doesn't say a lot, but just do what he says. Pay attention to where he's pointing. You'll figure it out. But Clint forces Present to confront his own fears about whether or not he was truly redeemed since he only lived three more weeks after encountering the ghosts. (laughs) In a hilarious joke while they're in the bar right before they start singing about afternoon. Clint asks Ebenezer, like, how he died and when, how much longer he lived after he was redeemed. And Ebenezer's like, three weeks. Oh, well, what killed you? Well, you know, in my day, january that's straight up one of my seven words that
1: was one of the funniest lines in this entire fucking movie yeah because of course cracked my shit up
0: the 1800s like people were dying left and right of all sorts of shit for no rhyme or reason (laughs) and especially just it being cold as hell in january and you know there was no central heating there was no nothing like oh you're out of firewood guess you're dying like (laughs) that sucks before Yet to Come can show up, Clint convinces Ebenezer to take his retirement and return to Earth. So he does this. And when he does this, he wakes up in Clint's apartment. He and Clint are now roommates, kind of, because where else would he go? He has no home. He's been dead for 200 years. He has no money, no nothing. Like, you're, he's Clint's problem now. <laughs> And Clint's fine with that because they have kind of become friends over the course of the movie. So they end up going to Clint's office's Christmas party, which is on actual Christmas Eve. And he is explaining, you know, how cool he is and all these different things, like how much everyone respects him in his office. And everyone is like side whispering about him, like what kind of jerk throws an office party on actual Christmas Eve and everyone's upset. But my favorite thing about this holiday party or this office Christmas party is that it's a costume party. So like someone's dressed up like Heat Miser from the old claymation films. Will Ferrell runs into somebody dressed as Buddy the Elf.
1: The fact that
0: he goes, you look
1: stupid. I fucking had to pause this movie because I was laughing so hard. (laughs) I was like, yeah, oh, God, that's (laughs) so meta.
0: Yeah, he and the guy dressed like Buddy the Elf almost get into a full-on fight, talk like shit on each other. (laughs) It's hilarious. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But at this party, Ebenezer ends up asking Kimberly out. So hooray! He like got up the courage to do it. And then while Present is asking Kimberly out on a date, Christmas is yet to come shows up and snatches Clint out of this party, and he is forced to see the future, including the aftermath of Ren posting this video of this kid, and I predicted this as soon as Ryan Reynolds was like, yeah, find a shitty video, and then post it to the kid, and I was like, oh god, please don't, So the aftermath is that the little boy Joshua killed himself. Yup. And of course, everyone at the school knows good and well that Ren was the one who posted the video that caused this because he was otherwise a popular, like, straight-A student kid. Yeah. You know, happy, normal life. So then Clint has to deal with Ren getting the news, Ren being ostracized by everyone at school Ren going to the funeral having to witness the parents broken down and having the weight of basically being a murderer on her shoulders and this fucks Clint up yeah like it would anybody like no one wants to put that on a fucking child like that is wow. so much weight and he runs away from the haunt, basically. He runs away from yet to come as far as he can go. But because he's in a haunt situation, every door he opens just takes him to a different part of the haunt. He's not actually going back home or waking up in his bed He is opening the door to an office and ending up in his office when he's 90. And then he's opening another door to exit the office and he's ending up in a graveyard. And it's just like wild ass shit. And he ends up in his graveyard and he's intercepted by the ghost of Christmas past and the ghost of Christmas yet to come. And they force him back to Earth in a moment where Christmas yet to come, voiced by Tracy Morgan, is just fucking pissed. Like he's exhausted trying to catch his breath from running after him and pissed because he can't ever talk to the haunts. He has been trying to say words to the haunts for ages, but can never get any words out because that's his character. (laughs) He finally gets words out to Ryan Reynolds and basically calls him a bitch and gets into a fist fight with him kind of, and then knocks his ass back to earth. That was phenomenal. So while all this is happening... Will Ferrell or Ebenezer and Kimberly are on a date and it is adorable they're like singing this song to each other but it's a musical so they don't know that they're necessarily singing a song to each other and it's fucking cute they like walk by the water and they hold hands and Ebenezer you know is like when I was dating a long time ago this was third base like (laughs) and she's just like I don't know if he's going to make a move, like we're holding hands, hooray, but what are we doing here? (laughs) Oh my god, at the beginning when he pops up like that Sims simulator that he's
1: like, maybe I'll get one of those newfangled mouth kisses.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) And then at the end of the song, they end up kissing and it is fucking cute, like hooray. So they end up parting ways for the night and Kimberly goes home and Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell end up back in the apartment. And when Ryan Reynolds wakes up, he finds out what day it is, what time it is, and races to stop Ren from posting the video. Mm -hmm. Literally like, fuck it, I can't find my phone. I gotta just run to her. Like, I can't call her and tell her not to post it. I have to run to her. She's only a few blocks away. So they... Run across New York fast as they can go to get to Wren before she posts the video. When they finally get to the ice skating rink where Wren is, they are intercepted by Kimberly. And she's just like, Clint, I really need to talk to you. And blah, 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 blah. And she basically is like, I hate my job. I hate the person that this job forces me to become. I am quitting. Like, I can't do this anymore. And the reason that I'm here is because I told Ren not to post the video. So hooray. She didn't post the video. Joshua is not going to commit suicide. Thank God. Right. So Present is super, super happy. And he's waiting for Clint to receive his congratulations from the ghost crew. Because this is the moment. Like Clint was going to stop Ren from doing the bad thing. Mm -hmm. And that's like proof that he has changed. He's not the cynical, awful person he was before. But they don't come. And Ebenezer is super confused. Like, well, why didn't they come? What's going on? And Clint explains that all he did was fix a mistake. He has not changed. And in a couple of weeks, he'll forget that all of this happened. And he'll be back doing exactly the same bullshit that he used to do. And he convinces Ebenezer that life is still worth trying. Like, don't give up on being redeemed yourself just because I can't be redeemed. We're bros, basically. Like, we're we're good friends I will remain your your friend as long as you know you stay in this world and you continue to be human or whatever like I'm gonna stay here I'm not going anywhere I'm just not gonna change the core of my like who I am it's I'm not redeemed but you are redeemed you've been fully redeemed So Present is still unconvinced. He's like, yeah, I don't believe you. And tries to jump in front of a bus so that he can go back to the afterlife and get his job back. Because he's only been away from it for like a day. And he's like, that's fine. They'll take me back. It's cool. I'm just going to jump in front of this bus right now and kill myself. And Clint is like, no. And pushes him out of the way. So that he does not get hit by a bus. So that Clint will get hit by the bus. But in the middle of pushing him away, time freezes right before he gets hit by the bus. And the spirits arrive and congratulate him on changing. And we get this really cool musical sequence called Do a Little Good. And it is over the top and incredible. Yep, Like it's such a good song. And, you know, both Ebenezer and Clint are super excited. They're bros. They've both been redeemed. They're both excited. And when the song ends and time resumes, the bus hits Clint <laughs> and he dies. I about fucking peed at this point. I was like, holy fuck. It was super unexpected, but he yeah. full on, just like in fucking Mean Girls, Oh, he got launched like 150 feet minimum. Yeah, just like in Mean Girls. He gets loud by this bus and is just dead. Into a truck bed. So everyone is like standing around the body and we see Clint stand up, basically. He like landed in the back of a pickup truck and Clint like stands up and gets out and he's like, why is everyone just standing around? Like that hurt. Like what? What are we doing? Maybe someone should like call an ambulance. And one of the ghosts, I think Jacob Marley, he's like, that's a little more than what an ambulance can do. And he's like, when he says, why
1: isn't anyone doing CPR? And Marley goes, there's not much to blow into.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, fuck. So it's at this point that Clint realizes that he is dead, dead. Mm -hmm. Like his spirit has come out of his body. And he is looking at his dead body and seeing everyone's reaction. Oh, yeah. He's doornail dead. Yeah. So Marley is like, yeah, bro. Sorry, you died. Sorry about it. And then a door opens off the side of the street and Carrie comes out and she is dressed all in white. The door that she came out of, everything is glowing. It's beautiful and white. We can assume that she came from heaven. She is an angel. And he's like, holy shit carrie and they hug and it's this beautiful very emotional moment where he gets to see his sister again and she's like yeah it's time to go like let's go to take him away to heaven and he stops her and talks with marley for a second and is like okay but like what if we did this so several years later clint is now in the role of the ghost of christmas present and he is in a relationship with the ghost of Christmas past. They are now like married and living together. And he has basically helped grow and expand Marley's office. And they have expanded the program to include other holidays. I think they mention like Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and all these different things like Easter. And he has also chosen to take on a whole bunch more perps every year. They're basically going to expand the office so that they can change a whole bunch more people as time goes on. And he's brought his sister Carrie on board to be part of the staff. Now, Ghost of Christmas Past is going through a file on a perp. And is having trouble figuring out the moment that is actually going to help change this person. Yeah. Like the moment from the past that is going to affect this person so that they can eventually change. As they say, heartstring to tug on. And Ryan Reynolds is like, okay, well, let me see the file and I'll go take a look at it. Then he goes to Earth and he visits Present or Will Farrell, who is now going by Roberto, Roberto S. Fishman Platt. Yeah, this horrible name that he made up on the spot the first time he met Kimberly and he just had to stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes and visits Roberto and Kimberly and they are raising two kids together and is basically revealed that Roberto is now helping work with Clint to help redeem souls. So he finds the little heartstring. He's a Christmas spirit consultant. Yeah, there you go. Christmas spirit consultant. And since clearly a significant amount of time has passed since all of these changes have happened with Marley's office and Kimberly and Roberto have had time to make like 10-year-old kids, <laughs> we learned that Ren has grown up and has been accepted into a master's program at Stanford. And then they sing a final song and the movie is over. A reprise. A reprise. What is... Yes, a reprise reprise and then the movie is over. <laughs> and it is hilarious and fantastic. It really is. So, Emma, who is your favorite character from Spirited? Present. So Will Ferrell. His
1: entire everything in this movie was so fucking gold. It's hard to hard to not think of Will Ferrell being the Ghost of Christmas
0: Present every time now.
1: Yeah. He's just so good.
0: All right. Special guest Otis. Who watched this movie with me, but was busy earlier? <laughs> Who was your favorite character from this movie?
2: Uh, it's kind of an easy, like, layup shot, but it's just Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell together. Yep. They're really funny. And I'm starting to learn that Ryan Reynolds is just a really good type of actor. When you put him with somebody, just like in the Deadpool movies, he's with Colossus or he's with uh, Teenage Warhead. It, when you put him with somebody, he's even better. So yeah, both of them together, absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah. I couldn't choose between the two of them. So I took the easy way out and picked the music and choreography because holy shit, what a musical. Like, oh, it was fucking lit. Oh my God. The singing and dancing were so freaking good.
1: I literally paused after the first song and I told Micah, this is what hip hop
0: nutcracker should have been. Absolutely. It was so good. Yeah. Like this is a full on Hairspray-esque, West Side Story-esque. Oh yeah. Full musical. And it was just absolutely gorgeous. All right, Emma, who is your least favorite character? Pre-redeemed Clint for the
1: 10 minutes that he told his niece to be an asshole. Yeah. I literally have all of that written down. (laughs) Just that scene of Clint. Because I was like, oh, oh, like you've done some fucked up things, but you just told an eighth grader to ruin her opponent to the point of just absolute social everything.
0: Yeah, social disaster. Oh, God. All right, Otis, who is your least favorite character?
2: I didn't have one. Everybody played their parts right in this movie. The good people were good. The heels were heels. And with, you know, the background story of, a Christmas Story. Here, you know, it, you spend a lot of time with the heel in this story, and then they, you know, a
0: Christmas Carol. Sorry, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And you, you see them pull a face turn. So you have to just deal with the crappy person. But uh, just about everybody was good. Probably okay. If I had to pick something, probably the length of the movie. I will say it felt like it. It didn't drag. It just felt a little too long for a musical, like a, a movie. Formed musical i don't know it just felt a, a bit long for me it's
0: actually short for a movie musical correct no, no, no. it's 25 minutes shorter than a typical movie musical yep so my least favorite character in this movie was clint's mom yeah because she was a fucking bitch she was a mess how dare you quote get your kid a puppy like fake get your kid a puppy yeah and then Leave the door open so the puppy can escape. Conveniently. To fuck your kid up. Like, that's
1: so, so fucked up. Well, not only did she do that, but she knew it was the one thing that he's been asking for and wanting for fucking
0: years. Yeah. And she was like, "Eh." I understand if you're not ready to get a puppy or you can't afford a puppy or whatever. Like, I get that. Not everybody, not every family, not every house needs a dog. Oh, yeah. But she literally bought this kid a fucking bowl with the name Sparky written on it. Yeah. And then lied to him about having a puppy saying that it was in the kitchen and then, oh, he left the door open, so now the puppy's gone. Mm-hmm. And his sister Carrie saw through it in a second was like... Oh, yeah. There was never a puppy. Don't feel bad about this. She's the one who's fucking everything up. Like, yeah. just don't feel bad about it. So... That was just not okay. Yeah, that was super bullshit. All right. Seven-word synopsis. All right, I have two. Pasek and Paul bring Dickens to 2022. Yes. And... Meta behind the scenes of Ghost Redeemers. Yes. Emma. Will Farrell is the voice of Christmas. Yep. The
1: leading cause of death is January. I fucking lost it. That was too funny. I was like, oh, fuck, man. So did I. And then Redeeming Unredeemable leads to new life lease. Nice. And then my alliterative Christmas caretakers carefully correct chaos creator Clint. Impressive.
0: Otis.
2: Lots of tap dancing in this Christmas Carol.
0: Yes. Yes, there was. And it was fantastic. It was. This is like the only place where tap dancing actually gets a lot of views, of a lot of screen time. Ever since like 42nd Street. Yeah. And that musical was
1: fucking like a long ass time ago. Yeah, like There hasn't been a decent tap dance. There,
0: There's not a lot where people spend a lot of time with tap dancing. And this was actually one of the really cool moments getting to see that in this. It was really freaking cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, What do you think the budget was for this film, Otis?
2: I already looked at it.
0: Oh, Emma. 20 dollars dues. 20 dollars dues. Well, Emma, you're way off. (laughs) I would assume I am. So the budget for this film was $75 million dollars holy mother fuck jesus christ well the average price for a musical movie is like fifty million. Oh yeah so add on top of that that this was like a period piece in parts of it <laughs> and stars two of the most famous people In America right now. Yeah.
2: Well, what I read was Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds got 20 million to be in this movie each. Yeah, that sounds right.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That legit makes sense. They had to pay Will Ferrell a pretty penny to come back and do another Christmas movie because while he loved Elf when it was happening, I think in the time since Elf happened, he's just like, okay, this is a lot. I did not expect this to be like a Christmas powerhouse. And yeah, you know, people run up to him and quote Elf at him all the time. So now he's in a second Christmas movie for everyone to just love and quote at him all the time. And now they can sing at him. Oh, goody. (laughs) So for box office, there is no box office information. This was released in theaters like slightly, but it was mostly an Apple TV Plus release. Um, But the slight showing in theaters that they had, they don't have, there's not any box office information for it yet. So once it comes out on like Blu-ray or whatever, and then can get some sale numbers, then we'll have a real actual number for how this movie did. But yeah, I assume a lot of people watched it based on the way that it's been hyped for ages and ages and ages. Yeah, but I'm going to hype the shit out of this. I hope everybody goes and watches this because it is so freaking good.
1: Well, and it's not just the Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell hype train either, where you kind of put somebody in a movie and go, well, this will get a lot of people because it's Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. That's part of it, but it's fucking good and it lives up to its hype. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Apparently, a sing along version was released on December 9th. Sick. I have not heard of that. It was released in theaters, sorry, December 9th, but I haven't heard of that, so clearly not where we live. <laughs> Do you have anything else to
2: say about Spirited? I don't. It's too good. Just go watch it. Otis? Uh, it was really fun. Like I said, it felt a bit long to me, but it was pretty solid, and everybody had pretty good voices. I think Marley, he's probably the best singer out of the- Oh, yeah,
0: that deep-ass, like, bass voice. Oh, that was so nice.
2: Yeah, uh, out of everybody. That
0: was pretty yummy.
2: I think he was the best. It's always fun to see people that you don't really see sing that much. I don't think I've ever really seen Ryan Reynolds do like a full musical.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't think he's done a full musical. He's done like a musical number.
2: Yeah. But, you know, Will Ferrell, I've seen him sing. Usually he's singing to be silly. And in this one, he's actually like
0: singing, singing, singing. Yeah.
2: But no, it was really fun. It's it's cool to see in musicals these days, the, like the movement and the musical numbers and stuff. I'm not saying that musicals back in the day, they didn't move. But it seems like especially the movie versions like this, they want to make sure there's something to look at. And there were a lot of different looks and things like they had the one number where they had the flashlights on their hands. Oh, that was so cool. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like they were going for different things to see, you know? Yeah. But uh, it was it was pretty nice.
0: That flashlight dance choreography was stunning. Yeah, it was. Oh, the the lighting design. Oh, it was just so good. It looked so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I am going to echo what both of them said. Go see this movie. It is really freaking cool. It's great. I, just, I can't even form complete sentences at this moment because that's how good this movie is. So If you have questions, comments, or suggestions on what we should watch next, you can hit us up on Twitter at AllentownPod, on Facebook at Allentown Presents, or send us an email at allentownpresents at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to episode 23 of our annual Christmas movie countdown. We will be back again tomorrow with another Christmas movie, but we've only got two left. Bye! Bye! Bye, guys.
1: Good afternoon!